Hey listeners, that's the sound of Green Hearts, The Vegan Vibe. We have a special guest this week. Uh, Mike is interviewing for an exercise show. And before he interviews, I have just some quick news. And just so you know, Brennan and I have been away for a long time because it's crunch time for Brennan and I. Midterms and exams for him. And I have a musical that I'm in that's taken over my life. Alright, so I'll introduce you to Mike, who's an exercise fiend in the best possible regard. <laughs> Say hi to our listeners, Mike. Hey, listeners. So, Mike is into a whole bunch of sports. You want to outline what kind of sports you do? Um, sure. Well, I mean, you know, I've, uh, <clears throat> I've, I played sports in high school, and then uh, in my early 20s, uh, late teens, early 20s, I picked up running, and I started to run over the years, and then I started doing long-distance running, and um, I'm... Uh, pretty much a cycling fanatic now. I picked up cycling throughout the years, started from mountain biking and then into road cycling. And, uh, and now in the last uh, two years, I've started to move into the world of triathlons and, uh, you know, just been filling my time with uh, running and biking and swimming. And uh, so earlier this year, I decided to, I was able to get a spot at Ironman and, and I did Ironman Canada for the first time ever. Yeah, that's pretty amazing. I have high respect for anyone who can do that kind of distance. Yeah, it's, a, it's just, you know, it's so funny. I've heard other people say this, and until I did it myself, it's just a long day. <laughs> it's the best way to describe it. It's just a long day, you know. Um, and, you know, I've, I always have a lot of people, like when I, I did marathons a few years ago, and I was long distance running, um, you know, I've, I had a lot of people comment, this year saying, you know, oh, I can't even run around the block, let alone, you know, do a marathon or something. You know, it's, you just do it gradually, right? Like, you don't get off the sofa one day and go run a marathon or, or go do Ironman. You, know, you, you, know, you take years to, to build up to those distances. I mean, I started doing <coughs> triathlon just two years ago, and so it, it seems as though I just kind of got off the sofa and did, did Ironman. But, I mean, I've been running long distances cycling long distances for quite some time, so, um, you know, it was, a, it was a relatively gradual adjustment, you know, and that's what most of it is, so, um, you know, it's, it's, it's always, it always sounds more impressive when you say, yeah, hey, desirement, and not to, <laughs> not to dispute the fact that it isn't a big deal, but, you know, uh, it's one of those things that, you know, I think more people could do it um, than... Yeah, I agree. There's a huge stigma attached to sports that says that they're difficult and exclusive, but it's time to break that barrier. Yeah, absolutely, you know. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I'm a big fan of a really good friend of mine who has a, he has a running shoe store in Peterborough, and, um, you know, he always, we used to live together for a while, and he, and he always used to say, you know, like, just so long as you're living a, a healthy, active lifestyle, you know, and, and it's true, just, I mean, just get out, and, and it doesn't have to be running, biking, or swimming, or, you know, whatever, cross-country skiing, like we were talking about earlier, or something, I mean, it, it could be anything, it, you know, just, just go out and have fun, and, you know, and, and, and going out and have fun could be, you know, going for a walk and, and grabbing a coffee, but, but walk to go get the coffee, rather than, rather than drive, you know. And do you think it's important that people do high-intensity sports, or do you think any kind of sports is alright? I, I don't think it matters, I mean, I... You know, I think I think activity is the key. I like higher intensity sports, but that just 
sort of lends to my my type A personality. But you know, I mean, I know a lot of people who I've had people say to me, um, "I can't run unless I have a soccer ball in front of me. I can't run unless I'm playing basketball with a bunch of friends, and then it doesn't feel like running, right?" So I don't think it matters what you're doing. And I mean, low intensity and high intensity. There's there's arguments for both, but um, you know, I mean, you know, they say that walking is one of the best physical activities you can do, which is not high intensity. So, um, you know, I, I don't think high intensity is very necessary. Cool. Uh, what are your own personal reasons for being active? Like, do you lean towards the health benefits, or do you lean towards the physical benefits uh, personally? You, you know, it's. <laughs> I've had a lot of people ask me why, and I, I don't know myself. I mean. Over the years, it's changed. You know, when you're, you know, when you're in high school, um, you know, you want to be part of a team or you want to be involved. Um, you know, so I went from doing team sports to, to doing solitary sports now. Um, you know, so so I guess you know, 20 years ago it was acceptance, right? Um, you know, and then and then I got into fitness just because I liked being fit. I liked being active and I enjoyed being fit. Part of that was, uh, you know, the health benefits of, of um, um, you know, weight loss. Um, you know, I, <laughs> I know so many people, and, and runners in particular, will say, you know, I just did my run today, so now I can go to Dairy Queen. Yeah. <laughs> you know, or I can go have a cheeseburger or whatever. And so, um, in some ways, it sort of allows you to have your guilty pleasures, whatever they may be, food-wise, you know. Or it's perfectly fine to sit on the sofa and watch a football game on a Sunday afternoon because Sunday morning you, you went for a run. You know, it, it sort of justifies the lost side of who you are. But uh, so some of my reasons are, are uh, you know, yeah, the, the, the physical attributes, the, the health aspect. Um, you know, heart disease runs in, in the family and, and um, you know, it's, I, I'm predisposed to the same problems that uh, my father had, so you know, in a lot of ways for me, it's preventative. It's a preventative health measure. Um, and then also, you know, when I was younger, I was really hyperactive, and uh, I certainly didn't. I mean, certainly wasn't anything diagnosed at the time or anything like that. But I've noticed over the years that I'm much more calm when I'm active, better when I'm active. I even notice it now, like I, I, uh, I find that, uh, you know, obviously when you finish a run or any kind of sport or whatever, there's an adrenaline rush, right? You, you know, um, I think you get an increase in serotonin levels in your body and, and, and there's also an increase in melatonin, so you're more relaxed and, and um, you know, and, and, uh, and then it, it almost becomes, you know, people say, I think you had even mentioned in an email a while back, you know, it's addictive, right? Running's addictive. And, and I think any of that stuff is addictive if you start doing it enough. Um, in some ways, you know, in, in some ways, running, biking, and swimming is my heroin. You know, like I, 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 I get really miserable. I go through withdrawal when I don't do it in, yeah. in a lot of ways. I, I can cut it back. And I, you know, and I'm happy that I just got a little fitness in today, and I still feel pretty good. But, but, um, you know, I have a friend who's uh, doing the Las Vegas Marathon next weekend, and um, 
he's miserable right now. You know, and I know a lot of friends leading up to Ironman, you know, the week or two before, they were miserable. And they were miserable because they couldn't train. Because they had to taper? Yeah. So, um, you start getting, you've got all this pent-up energy, and you can't go burn it off, right? And so, I noticed for myself, um, I'm, I'm a lot easier to work with at work when I'm training more. Cool. And I, and I find I'm a lot more temperamental when I'm not training. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm reading a book right now called, um, oh boy, what's it called? It's called Spark. And the whole book is about the mental benefits uh, related to exercise. So it talks about a boost in serotonin, melatonin, dopamine when you're exercising. Have you, have you read this I'm book? Glad it, I'm glad it just justified what I just said. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So I have not finished the whole book, but so far it's, it's spoken to depression and how exercise has been proven to be just as effective as uh, depression medication. Uh, and yeah, it, it's a very natural, you know, pharmaceuticals have their place. Yeah. But I think society is a little too quick at turning to pharmaceuticals. I agree. When, you know, eating right and being active and having a good balance. I mean, you don't have to be training for something huge. You just need to have a nice balance of activity and 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 health, healthy healthy eating. Yeah. You know, and, and I think that goes a long way. Yeah, I mean, if you look at the way we were built, we were built to... Uh, train like 10 miles a day just to get all of our food. We were yeah. built for exercise. Yeah. You know, and the other thing is, too, you talk about mental benefits. Um, I really enjoy the long-distance stuff, and, and and it's not... You know, there might have been a time when maybe it was a little bit of self-punishment, a little self-flagellation for, <laughs> you know, not feeling that I was you know, living up to my potential in some way, or I don't know, I certainly not going to but, um, you know, I, I do find, though, that I really enjoy my three, four-hour bike ride where it's just me, and I'm not even out riding with friends, and it's just me and my thoughts. And I'll start off, and, and maybe it's because of, you know, you know, having too much energy, but I'll start off a bike ride, and, and I'll have, you know, thoughts just running through my head a mile a minute, and, you know... An hour in, all of a sudden, I'm, I'm starting to appreciate the scenery that I'm riding by or getting more frustrated from the headwind than I am about the conversation I had at work three days ago or something like that. So, you know, and then by the end of the bike ride, you know, I'm just happy to be home and looking forward to taking a shower and, you know, head over to the grocery store and, and uh, you know, pick something up for a nice, a nice meal. So, you know, I find it very, very relaxing in that three to four hour bike ride, or even if it's a two hour, whatever, whatever the time frame is, but, you know, that, that solitude. If I could give a suggestion to anybody listening to this, I would definitely suggest that they take up long distance training. I mean, work your way up to it, you know, start slow, but I, I find a big difference between running short distances at a high intensity and running longer distances at a lower intensity. It feels much better to run longer. Yeah, I mean, you know, and, and like I said too, you know, you can't just get off the sofa and and start, you know, I mean, I hate people who can't because there are people who just get up and, and all of a sudden go do it and, you know, they, they don't risk injury, they, they, they fall right into it and it just drives me crazy, right? But, um, you know, it, it's a long, gradual process, right? It, you know, if you can get into it, it's, it's really, really great. But it's certainly not for everybody, right? Some people do like the higher intensities. And I mean, 
know, some body types also tend to lend themselves more to um, short distance, high intensity. Right? That's true. Um, you know, you get people who are just amazing 5K racers, and they have no ambitions to do anything more than a 5K. But they're great at it, and it's their life, right? And um, and I think, you know, sort of you sort of pick up whatever whatever works for you. But it seems to be that even the short distance, high intensity people, you know, get that same get, get the same response than the long distance. It's just whatever works, right? Yeah. Cool. We were talking before about the benefits uh, to your mind, and one of the other things that I'd like to say is that this book was also saying if you have anxiety or if you have ADD or ADHD, it significantly decreases the intensity of those. So if you have hyperactivity and you go running or if you go cycling, even just as little as half an hour, it, it significantly reduces your like the intensity of these problems and makes you a calmer person. Yeah, I mean, I, I, you know, I'd say that's you know, definitely the case. And, you know, the other thing is, too, which is really interesting, um, you know, if you, you know, I, I think for a lot of cases, yeah, like, you know, half an hour of activity a day, is, you know, should be a minimum. Yeah. You know, but, but um, if you do that and you blend it with a, a proper, proper food, a proper diet, I think that goes a long way because, you know, I mean... I'm not an authority on, you know, ADHD or, or, you know, anxiety or anything like that, but, I mean, it would just seem to me that it would make a whole lot of sense in saying that, you know, if you cut back on sugar content mm-hmm. and burn off a lot of energy rather than um, playing video games, let's say. And, I mean, I did that when I was younger, right? I, you know, I, I, I ate a lot of junk food and played video games when I was younger, and I was wired Time. And 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 I'm already a personality that lends itself to hyperactivity. So you know, blend that in with a whole lot of sedentary activities, uh, and, and and pound some sugar on top of that, and uh, and I'm just bouncing off the wall. Right? <laughs> so you know, I think it's I think it's fantastic. To, you know, I, I mean, it would be something that when I had kids, when I if I ever end up having kids, that's something I would really try and focus on get my children um, active so playing the sport. There's a guy, a gentleman that I work with, and you know, he's got a young young toddler. And he, you know, he tries to take them to the pool as much as possible. And I have a lot of other friends who've had children, and, and right away they want to get their kids, you know, into some kind of aquatic. You know, and it's just getting them used to being active, getting them out, and, you know, as opposed to just sitting around and not doing anything. <laughs> and I think, I think we're supposed to be active. Like the human body is supposed to be active. You know, it's a really great machine. I think it, you know, it, it was meant to be, to be moving and working. It's funny that you mentioned. It's funny that you mentioned swimming because we were just talking earlier about swimming and how we both are terrible at it. <laughs> I think that oh, it's. it's so tough. <laughs> I think you know, that it's, it's really. It's in... so funny because there are so many people who are so naturally gifted, and I'm just not one of them. Yeah. I think that if you're a parent, you should really get your kids into swimming, like, right now. Like, I don't care what you're doing. If it's 3 o'clock in the morning, throw them in the pool because they'll need it when they're older. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's, um, 
it's, it's a, I think it's a really great thing to know how to do is to just be comfortable in the water, you know, and swim. I mean, swimming is just such a great, such a great activity. I mean, there's a lot of great activities out there. I just tend to clearly focus on the ones that I do all the time. But, uh, you know, swimming is just such a great activity. And, you know, you do know people, you know, people who end up getting injured, right? And, um, and uh, they, use, they, use, they use aquatics to, to rehabilitate. Yeah. Because it's the only activity they can do. So obviously as a triathlete and an extreme long distance triathlete, you've had to deal with a lot of equipment. So I'm wondering what your philosophy is on equipment. I mean, some people start cheap and then build up. Some people know that they're into a sport and spend lots of money right off the bat. What, what kind of stuff do you do? I'm, I'm more of a, I wouldn't say the word start cheap. I would say, go, you know, like anything, you walk before you can run. And so um, I would say, you know, get into entry level equipment first. If you, you know, if you're really into it, well, two things. So I'm a cyclist, first and foremost. I love cycling first. And, you know, all of my friends, we all say the same thing, right? It, it's not about the bike. It's about the engine, you know. And, and yeah, you, you maybe when you get to a specific level of the activity, that you're going to see the benefits of the higher performance equipment that you bought. But... Two things. So I'm, you know, I'm a big fan of, like, my first, you know, my first road bike was an entry-level road bike um, because I didn't know if I was going to love it. I mean, you might think you're going to love it, and you might be very committed to it, but who knows how long it's going to last. And the other thing, so, you know, you want to sort of build for a while, and I mean, you know, there's, like, say, with swimming in a wetsuit, right? You, you get an entry-level wetsuit, um, and, that, and that'll work perfectly fine for you. And, and there's a lot of, you know, a lot of people who've been doing, say, triathlon for, you know, 15, 20 years who don't see the need to buy anything more high-end than an entry-level wetsuit because it, it suits their purposes. But at the same time, like, I've been doing it for two years now, and I'm starting to see there's little tears in my wetsuits, and, you know, my body type is changing because I'm doing more of it, and so it's not fitting me perfectly. So, I mean, there's going to be changes anyway. So, say, you know, so there's nothing wrong with after three years, I need a new wetsuit because my body's changed or I've got a tear in it now. So, you know, the other thing is, um, say you're looking at bikes, um, you get an entry-level bike and all of a sudden something breaks on it. Well, it's easier, it's easier on the pocketbook to repair and it's not such a heartache when it is broken. But the other thing is, so for me as a cyclist, like, you know, I'm being a little bit philosophical about this, but I definitely appreciate higher level, like higher, higher end bikes now because I started with a lower end bike. And, and what it, you know, I got to learn about cycling. I got to learn about the components. I got to learn about what was necessary and what wasn't necessary. I mean, it's, it's partly an education, right? And so you could go out today and go you know, well, theoretically speaking, go out and buy a Ferrari. And you could go drive it all over town, and you could think, yeah, this is the coolest car ever. And someone who knows about cars would be like, wow, you're killing that engine because you're not driving it correctly. And you're, you don't know how to appreciate it. And, but if, you, if you've taken the time of driving, you know, a low-end vehicle, and then you move up to, like, a mid-range vehicle, and then you can see those differences, and then you move up to a higher-end performance vehicle, and you go, wow, I, this is a, like, your level of appreciation.
have to, when you're looking at, you buy low end or high end, I mean, you got to look at what, you got to buy for your needs. And just because you might be, say, entering triathlon, you, know, you don't need a tri-bike, a tri-specific bike. You know, you know, tri-specific bikes, you know, they're very aerodynamic, but they're very uncomfortable. And a lot of people who buy tri-specific bikes can't ride in an aerodynamic position. So, you know, you ride, you ride, a, you ride a road bike, you get comfortable with biking first, then move your way into a more aerodynamic position. So, you know, there's, I think it takes a long time to sort of ease, like, I, I, I think, personally, I think it's better to ease your way into it. Yeah, you've got the money. Yeah, you can go ahead and buy a $5,000 bike. But do you need a $5,000 bike? Probably not. Because, again, it's, it's going to be into the engine. Right? It's fun to buy a $5,000 bike. And it's fun to go shopping for those things. And it's great to have. But, again, one, if you're not appreciating it the way you should, and then, two, if you're not using it the way it should, what will the point of having it? So, yeah, that's a good point. That's my, that's my take on it. I'm a believer in start into it. If you're going to keep with it, you're going to change it eventually. And you're probably not throwing your money away. I mean, you know, yeah, you might spend, you know, some money on a road bike, and then it's like, well, now I want to upgrade. i got to spend more money. But, you know, you can sell that bike or you can keep it and, and rebuild it. Maybe learn learn more about bikes. You know, you can, you can, you can do more with it. Yeah. So that's kind of my... That's my take on it. But, you know, I mean, there's nothing wrong with, with going in head first. Um, but I would recommend if anyone is going to go in head first to be educated beforehand. The other thing about going in, especially with bikes, I, I keep focusing on bikes because when it comes to triathlon, that's, you know, the, the bulk of the, the, the cost. Um, but you walk into a store and, it's, you know, you, you might have a dollar sign that you want to spend. But, and that... You know, and, and you'll be lucky if you find a salesman who maybe tries to talk you out of it and saying, no, you know what, you should save your money and buy this. But it'll be rare to find a salesman who's 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 going to stop you. Yeah. You know, because they're making a huge commission, and I'm not casting any dispersions on the you know, on the salesman. It's just that you know they might say, oh. Oh, you're looking at this bike. Okay, well, let me tell you about this bike. Right? They're just doing their job, right? They're they're telling you about the bike enough so that you'll buy it. But meanwhile, you might not need that. Yeah. So you know, well, that's, that's kind of my. And and the other thing is too, the guy say at a bike store, he knows bikes. So in his mind, why would you buy an entry level bike? Because this is the best there is. But again, you, know, you got to shop. I would say if you're entering a sport, your needs are entry level. Yep. And when maybe once you become an expert, because I know a lot of guys who are sort of along those lines of experts in, in the sense of uh, years of experience. You know, they're not making the podium, but years of experience. And, um, you know, they have a hard time justifying buying the high end stuff because, you know, they know their needs. And they know after a while, they know there's, there's their the cost and return aren't there. So Value yeah, I totally agree. Um, there's I don't know a, if that answers your question. Yeah, for sure. There's a few things though that um, you definitely need to be cautioned about when you're buying yeah, stuff. You know, the beauty with taking up something like running is uh, the fact that running is running. 
Yeah. So if you look at the big solitary sports out there, there's, well, basically the triathlon sports, right? There's running, swimming, and biking. Uh, if you just want to, I think we should just go through them one by one and just outline the really basic things to look for when you're getting a new pair of running shoes, a wetsuit, a swimsuit, uh, you know, a new bike. Sure, well, <coughs> um, you know, if we're talking triathlon, I mean, there are other you know, long-distance solitary sports, but, um, you know, if we're talking triathlon, uh, you look at the swim, you know, the swim, you're looking at, uh, you pretty much want to get a wetsuit. Um, most important thing, well, for all three sports, um, and actually, I, I would say for any sports, like I said, we were talking earlier, I, I love skate skiing as well. And, um, I, I would say any sport you're doing, whether it's, uh, whether it's basketball or water polo or whatever, um, of the equipment is going to be your most critical factor. And so, with a wetsuit, I had no idea when I first went in. Like, um, I was, I'm, I'm a terrible swimmer. I was a terrible swimmer. I've, I've gotten a little bit better, but, uh, you know, um, so I was just swimming on my own, and I finally decided to start doing triathlon. Yeah, you need a wetsuit. And so, I know a lot of people who, you know, who will rent a wetsuit, which is a great idea, rent a wetsuit, see if it fits you, see how you like it, see how it feels. I knew I was going to do a little bit more, and I just thought, well, I'm, I'm going to buy my own. But I went to a, a store that was very knowledgeable. I went to a triathlon-specific store, very knowledgeable about, uh, about the product, and then, and then they, they taught me what I needed to know about wetsuits. Now, immediately they knew, like, you know, they gave me the options. Do you want a high-end one, a medium, you know, entry-level one, or what do you look for? And I, well, I'm entry-level. I, I don't want to spend a whole lot of money. And uh, what was interesting was even the guy in the store was like, you know what? Most people buy this wetsuit. It's it, totally entry level. He's like, yeah, most people buy this one. Even though they've got all these other nazi looking high-end ones. But yeah, the majority of their sales are these entry level ones and that's because they work well and they fit well. And so he taught me how to you know, put it on and, and, and areas where pockets of air form and, and you know, um, so fit is most important when it comes to uh, fit and comfort. Most important when it comes to a wetsuit. Um, you know, so, so that's that's the main thing. I mean, goggles are goggles. My goggles, see how they fit, see how they feel. Um, as I would say goggles are more of a personal preference. Um, and so that's, you know, I would say that's pretty much swimming. Yeah, I'm going to emphasize that that wetsuit thing. I mean, I've been doing quite. I talk like I've been doing this for a long time. <laughs> I've done like three uh, sprint triathlons and not having a wetsuit is painful, like to the literal sense. I would really suggest that even if you're just beginning in triathlons or even any open water swimming, it makes a huge comfort difference besides performance. Oh yeah, absolutely. And you know, I, the other thing is too, I mean, you know, wetsuits provide buoyancy, but they also provide warmth. Mm -hmm. And uh, if you have a wetsuit that isn't fitting you properly and it's slightly too large, and, you know, a large-fitting wetsuit still fits pretty tight, right? But there are areas of pockets warm, and water will flush through there. And so you're supposed to be staying warm, but water continues to flush through and cool you down. Yeah. You know, so it's not working correctly. 
then the other thing is too, some, some area, other areas where pockets of air will form and then water will form in there. Well, now all of a sudden, you're not just pushing your own body weight through the water, but you're, you know, you're pushing extra water as well. So, um, yeah, a uh, proper fitting in. So, like you said, you know, for people to, to try and see how they feel and, and make sure they fit properly. Like I said, I, I really think renting is a great option. You know, if you're only going to do one this summer, you're going to do a, a try a try or a sprint just to see how you like it. You don't spend the money. You spend thirty bucks and rent it. Right? You spend thirty bucks for one year and you've gotten an education on that on that piece of equipment and how you like it if you like it. Yeah. Because the swim can be pretty overwhelming to begin with. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> I think yeah. it's the most daunting. Yeah, for me, absolutely. Like it's just panic city. Even when I'm in the water, there's no one around me. So when there's other people around me, it gets pretty, uh, pretty nerve-wracking. <laughs> um, so, you know, I'll just go in the order. Of the yeah, sure, I'm sounds liking. good. Um, and again, I have, you know, I'm probably most comfortable talking about biking. So, again, and, and this is something that a lot of people don't understand. And I, and I certainly didn't until I got into cycling. So, you know, I... I'm not saying that it's common knowledge and that everyone, you know, should know this, but but a bike, you know, I don't care what brand you buy, I don't care if it's made out of aluminum, out of steel, out of carbon fiber, bike fit is most important. And and, and in something like triathlon, bike is going to be the probably the longest time you're going to be going to be doing it is on the bike. And and comfort fit is most important. Um, it's so easy not to be properly fit. So there's a couple of things. If you're not properly fit on a bike, you risk injury in a lot of different ways. Like you're, you might get back pain, neck pain, shoulder pain, knee pain, of course, hip pain. So there's a lot of different things that you can injure yourself if your bike doesn't fit you properly. The other thing is, if, if your bike doesn't fit you properly, you're not going this you're not optimizing your speed. You're not optimizing your pedal stroke. Um, you know, like, it, it's actually pretty finicky. And, you know, and I, myself included, but I have a lot of friends who um, are constantly, we're constantly fiddling with their bike. I'm constantly fiddling with my position. Um, how my handlebars are positioned. Uh, are they higher? Are they lower? Um, you know, are they turned up more? Are they turned down more? Uh, where's my saddle position in in, in, in respect to my bottom bracket, you know, all of that's really important. And when you, you know, when you go to buy a bike, you know, if you know what I'm saying about, you know, if you, if say you walk in and you've got a price tag on your mind, you say, well, this is what I'm looking to spend. Whatever, that's fine. If, if they try to talk you out of it or they sell you what you're willing to spend, that's up to you, right? You're willing to spend it. That's fine. The biggest thing would be to make sure that that person that is selling you the bike fitting you properly on it. That's the most important thing. You know, like I said, the, the make, the brand, uh, the, the materials, that's secondary. What's most important is the, the proper fit. And that will that will last you forever. I mean, you will, you know, you, you, know, you hear people talking about going on 100-kilometer rides or 100-mile rides, right? Doing a century is a really big deal. I mean, you're going to be on your bike for a long time. Bikes are uncomfortable to begin with, but you're going to be on your bike for a long time. I mean, bike fit is what's going to get you there. 
you, you might be able to get there without your bike fitting you properly, but I guarantee you, you're going to be suffering for it afterwards. You know, you have repetitive strain injuries and so on. So, um, bike fit, uh, you know, a lot of people uh, don't understand bike fit. And, and, and a lot of people I ride with don't understand bike fit. And there was a girl at my, um, my cycling, my weekly cycling workout that I go to, and she didn't like her bike. Oh, I don't like my bike. And I kept telling her she had a great bike. Oh, no, I want to buy a new bike. And finally last year, so this is like the third year that I've known her and stuff, finally last year, someone else was talking about raising their saddle bike. And I told her, you know, you could probably raise up your saddle. She, she, brought her, she brought her saddle up at least four inches. Like, she was so low that she hated her bike. And then all of a sudden, she... She brought it up to where it was supposed to be, and she could not believe the comfort and how much her pedal stroke was getting. She was getting so much more power out of her pedal stroke, and you know, and all of a sudden, she's like, I don't want to get rid of this bike. It's fantastic. <laughs> yeah, it's properly fit a bike. So, getting properly fit, you know, I'm 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 beating a dead horse here, but uh, you know, getting properly fit is just really really important. Um, you know, the other thing, the other things are are kind of secondary. Uh, you know, you should always get a good pair of bike shorts. Right? You know, bike shorts. Uh, I used to I used to date a girl who truly believed that bike shorts and jerseys were just you know you know it was just big business trying to get more money out of you. You know, but uh, and then and then one day she she tried a pair of bike shorts and couldn't believe the difference. So again, bikes are uncomfortable. You're going to be on that saddle for a long time. A good pair of bike shorts. You know, nice you know padded chamois in the bike short, it will make a big difference. Um, but again, they don't, but, so as far as the clothing goes, like jerseys as well, cycling jerseys have a purpose. You know, they're, they're made to sort of keep you cool, cooler and, and um, you know, it, they've got pockets to, to carry extra stuff with you and stuff. Um, and the same with a helmet. Um, all of those, all of those things with clothing doesn't have to be top of the line there are really good products out there that are, you know, low price, but work just as good. Yep. So that's something to keep in mind when it comes to when it comes to the clothing and, and helmets too. Like I mean, an expensive helmet doesn't mean it's going to save your head any more than a cheap helmet. You know, the the, the difference is venting. How how many how how structurally sound can we keep this? But keeping more vents so that you're going to be cooler as you ride your bike. So, um, you know, but low price clothing and helmets, they're they're just as good. So you don't need the high high price stuff for that. And then and then I, I would say the same goes for running. A decent pair of running shoes, a pair of running shoes that that that, that fit you properly is most important. Um, and then the only other thing I would say for for running shoes, which no one likes to hear, but running shoes wear out. They have a lifespan, and it's typically based on your weight and your height and your heel strike and, and how you run in them um, will dictate uh, how many kilometers you have. But uh, normally, if you're buying a pair of running shoes, you can normally you can typically ask the, the person selling them to you, say, well, you know, how long should these last? And they'll probably tell you, like, 500 kilometers. So if you're running... If you're running three days a week and you're running five kilometers every time, do the math, and that'll give you 
a ballpark of when you should change your shoes again. Because you know, with, with running shoes, what will happen is you'll, you'll notice you'll notice when it's too late. You'll start yeah. to develop an injury or some aches and pains, and you'll kind of just figure, well, it's because I'm running, and then all of a sudden one day you decide to buy new running shoes, and you go, oh, that's why I was hurting. So, um, you know, so marathoners will typically be the ones who, who have a really good feel for how long a pair of shoes last because they're doing so much training that, you know, every six weeks or so, probably you know, six weeks to eight weeks, they're buying a new pair of shoes. Maybe yeah. exaggerating a little bit, but, um, you know, I think when I was training for marathons, uh, about every third month, every three months, I was buying a new pair of shoes. So, you know, and then again, um, as far as clothing goes and everything else, I mean, you know, low-priced clothing, really you know, no different than high-priced clothing. I mean, there's differences, but it works just as well. You don't need you don't need the high-priced stuff. Just whatever fits you well. But I do recommend, you know, uh, any kind of polypropylene. It's, uh, sweating and, and having, having a layer that will remove, you know, remove the sweat from your body. But outside of that, you know, and, and and if you're talking triathlon, of all three activities, running is probably expensive. Yeah. If I could just add on to that uh, running thing, when you're talking about buying uh, less expensive clothing, you can get some really, really nice stuff that's at secondhand stores for running. Like you can find uh, synthetic fibers at secondhand stores, oh, yeah. and they're great. I know a lot of people who come back from winter. And they're saying, like, you know, there's these beautiful Segoy running jackets at Winners this week. Or, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll pull out some cycling jerseys and be like, oh, that's really nice. Where'd you get that? Got it at Winners. You know? so, so, yeah, there's a lot of other places you can get really good prices. Yeah. And while we're talking, while we're talking about reusing shoes, like, if you're a marathon runner or if you're a long-distance runner, you are going through a lot of shoes, and check to see yeah. if your local shoe place um, recycles them. A lot of places take them and send them to third-world countries. Mm-hmm. That's a really good thing to do, too. Yeah, there was, um, there was a half-marathon just recently here in Calgary that uh, uh, they had a drop-off box. As you, as you came to the start line, you could drop off your old running shoes. And then they, they would send them to a third world country. Yeah. I think it's really great. Mm-hmm. And there's more and more uh, of those types of um, those types of services out there. You know, I'm sure a quick, a quick search on Google will find you your closest, you know, closest to, your, to your city. Right? Yep. Well, I think, that's, uh, I think that's as much time as we have. So it's been, it's been really great having you on here. If we have another exercise episode, I'd, I'd love to get you back on here. Uh, I would love to. That'd be great. Thanks so much. Thanks again. And for, for your listeners who are still holding on to the end of this, there are, going to be, there are going to be some links in the show notes. There'll be some really cool sites that you can check out some inexpensive exercise clothing if you want to get yourself started. So thanks again, Mike. Thank you. Bye. Bye for now.